Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I hope you enjoyed that extra track from uh, from Brad. What a, what an incredible young man he is. I'm so so proud of him for willing for being willing to share his story and the work of his foundation and all that. So uh, in this segment, we're going to celebrate. The thousands of parents who find themselves in a homeschooling scenario as we speak. We're going to have a conversation about homeschooling. About 2 to 3% of the students in America actually were involved in homeschooling before COVID-19 came along. But since the pandemic began to shut down the world and uh, parents and families of school-age kids around the world face the realities of schools being shut down, they're all now learning, having a really massive education about homeschooling. Even hard Harvard recently uh, did a did a a paper, pretty controversial paper actually, about the risk of home, homeschooling. I thought we should find an expert who could uh, who could have a practical and informed conversation with us about the realities of homeschooling. And I'm really really proud to have Corey DeAngelis with us this morning. He's the director of school choice at Reason Foundation, an adjunct uh, scholar at Cato Institute, and the executive director of the Educational Freedom Institute. And he's joining us now for this really timely conversation. Good morning, Corey. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Ricky. And like you Good. said, it's 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 pretty interesting that we're essentially all homeschoolers now. We jumped from three percent of the population being homeschooled to essentially a hundred percent of the population. It's a, well, did you ever, great, ever it's a great time to be alive. <laughs> well, it is. You know, it, did you ever imagine in your wildest you know imagination that virtually every student in a, in the world? would be involved in some form of homeschooling simultaneously? No, I mean, this is extremely um, unexpected. And, you know, it's almost a blessing in disguise that a lot of people are figuring out that homeschooling can actually work better than government schooling. And we have a lot of anecdotes on both sides of this issue. A lot of families are saying they don't like it, but then there's a lot of families who are saying that their kids are less anxious, less stressed out. They're learning more in a a smaller amount of time. Um, So there's a lot of mixed experiences, but either way, uh, we might see a huge increase in the number of homeschoolers in the near future because of these positive experiences. This allows parents to take a step back and look at the factory model of schooling and seeing if that's how we should actually structure education today. And a lot of families have actually voiced their opinions saying that they're actually going to make the switch uh, to homeschooling full time even after the lockdown. So let's let's uh, what I want to do is put things in perspective. So Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant actually in January before he left office proclaimed uh, school choice week. Uh, there are over seven hundred thousand uh, kids in Mississippi involved in school, and in in Mississippi you have lots of choices. You could go to traditional public school, public charter schools, magnet schools, private schools. And of course, homeschooling. We're not we're not having a conversation now about school choice per se, but really the in the real <laughs> no realities of homeschooling that so many parents are facing today. Um, one of the things, uh, Corey, about you is that you've really spent a lot of time researching this topic and school choice in general. So, so that people can understand a little bit more about you, why don't you kind of give the quick background? You've written extensively. Uh, in, mm-hmm. in professional journals, in in newspapers, and you know, the, the list goes on and on. But give a little bit, little bit of your background. <laughs> 
Yeah, I did my PhD at the University of Arkansas in education policy. That's where I really started uh, looking into school choice outcomes and doing academic research. Uh, and I've been at think tanks at Cato Institute and the Reason Foundation researching the effects of school choice programs on test scores, but then also non-academic outcomes such as criminal activity, mental health, and political participation, things that I think are a lot more important than a standardized test score because kids are much more important than test scores. Um, so that's what I've done. What I've done. You mentioned magnet schools. Um, I went to a magnet school for high school in Texas. So that was my first experience with school choice firsthand. And I saw that you know the the school that I was residentially assigned to was much lower quality. There was much more gang activity and fights going on and danger on the campus. Uh, you walked past the classroom uh, doors and you saw that there wasn't as much learning going on. And so that really opened my eyes that you know you, no one should be residentially t assigned to a school. People should be able to pick their schools, pick the best options for themselves, and they should be able to take their education dollars to whatever school works best for them, whether that's a magnet, a government school, a charter a private school. If it's a homeschool, people are all homeschooling right now. People should be able to take some of the money that sh that would have went to their government schools to help offset the cost of homeschooling. There's no reason why a government school should receive the education dollars for my child if I'm educating them at home. The dollars and the money should follow the child. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's do this. Let's let's come take a step back for a second and say what I what I believe has happened is suddenly. Every parent who was not involved in homeschooling activities already. Now, look, some parents, even though their kids may go to any of these other options from public school to private to whatever, uh, was already doing a form of homeschooling because they were involved in their kids' education in very significant ways. But, but not every parent can do that. They don't have the time to do that. They don't know how to do that. So... What, what has happened, though, is suddenly with the pandemic, every parent, whether they wanted to or not, have been put into a position where they're doing some form of homeschooling now. And I, I have to tell you, you know, my, my daughter's a teacher. I think parents have a much greater appreciation for what teachers do now. Don't you think that's one of the big learnings? Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of families who are coming out on social media and sharing their anecdotes and saying, you know what, you know, uh, I respect the teacher doing all this hard work. You know, this is tough having to juggle a lot of things at once. Um, you know, but I will also say that that this is a form of homeschooling that, you know, isn't very, you know, it's not your typical type of homeschooling that you would imagine in a perfect scenario, right? Everybody's locked in their homes right now. Uh, this was unexpected. So families didn't really have a lot of time to plan for this. But I will say there are a lot of families who are, you know, like you said, appreciating teachers and their hard work. But then there are other families who may not have their kids in a high quality government run school, uh, residentially assigned school, who are saying, well, you know, my kids are learning a lot more now. What was happening in the government run school? So that, you know, you have both sides of the story going on. And EdChoice actually did a nationally representative survey of over a thousand families and found that families were over t about twice as likely to say that they have a more positive or more favorable view of homeschooling as a direct result of COVID-19 in their experience than the proportion of parents who are saying they have a less favorable view of homeschooling. Yeah. So we have, we have both of these uh, things going on, but it seems like from the data we have that families are really liking their experience. And, you know, we may see a big shift uh, in the next couple of years of families actually making that commitment and switching to homeschooling full time if well, they have is, the ability to do One to thing do is so. for sure, though, Corey, is that 
there's a lot that we're learning now about the use of technology and parents are focused more on thinking about education in ways maybe they didn't before. There is no escaping the realities. Take homeschooling aside for just a second. There's no escaping the reality that we, that this whole experience has changed the way people are going to view education. And there could be permanent changes in education that emanate from all of this, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. People are figuring out that, you know, we have a lot a huge access to online learning. You got Khan Academy, you have TED Ed, you know, how they do the TED Talks. There's a education version of, of the TED Talks online uh, for free on YouTube. So there's so much we have available at our fingertips and on computers. We can access experts from all over the world and uh, we can learn from, uh, you know, tons of different, uh, you know, outlets. So I think people are realizing this at this time as well. And I think schools will start to implement uh, changes uh, uh, to, to implement more technology into the classroom. So what do you think, what do you think Harvard picked, or, you know, the Harvard Magazine picked this moment to publish an article written that says the risk of homeschooling? And it was actually the May-June 2020 edition. And they make a lot of accusations in there that most homeschooling professionals say, what in the world are they thinking? Where does that come from? The beast is afraid. Uh, the monopoly is freaking out right now because they know that even even if they're right in saying that you know you know families are figuring out that government schooling is important and that homeschooling is hard even if a hundred percent of families don't make the switch to homeschooling well then there's no upside there nothing really changes their numbers remain the same but let's just imagine only two percent of those families who were previously in the government-run schools switched over well, that's about a million families with about $15,000 $15, per child uh, attached to their heads each year, attached to their enrollment count each year. That's $15 billion, uh, up to $15 billion per year. So the And that's only if 2% of families switch. So there's a big risk. There's a big downside and essentially no upside for the establishment government school monopoly. But I will say, I mean, this is, this is the worst time, uh, you know, for anyone to try to make a tax on homeschooling just looks really bad. I mean, we're all essentially homeschoolers now. This is essentially the only form of education that we have available to us. It just seems utterly tone deaf to come out with a huge attack on homeschooling uh, in Harvard Magazine. And then they also have a a conference coming up in June, an in-person conference uh, that is explicitly anti-homeschooling where they lobby extreme accusations and try to paint with a broad brush saying that homeschoolers are going to be abusing their children as if abuse isn't going on in the government school system. And they, they they even claim that homeschooling is the same thing as educational maltreatment. As if, as if the government schools are preparing kids to, to be democratic citizens and, and providing a great education as is. So why don't we do this, Corey? This is Corey DeAngelis, who is an expert in, in, in uh, school choice. We're having a conversation about homeschooling. We'll come back after the, uh, after the break and continue this conversation because it's a very interesting part of the overall dynamic. Talk to you in a second. Listen live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Supertalk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. We're having a, an, an incredibly important conversation about homeschooling and uh, some of the dynamics, politics and policy dynamics that are taking place in the country. We've got Corey DeAngelis with us, who's a special specialist on uh, on school choice. And we, before we went to break, we're talking about this Harvard study, the risk, or actually article, the risk of homeschooling. And uh, as Corey pointed out, it's really incredibly tone deaf. But one of the things that makes in there, and I don't know how you could, from a research perspective, make such a claim that up to 90% of the people who are doing homeschooling are some kind of conservative religious value <laughs> and that they're trying to somehow protect their kids from the real world of school. What did you think when you read that? Well, she's trying to fearmonger with anti-religious bigotry and sentiment and trying to argue that, you know, there's indoctrination going on in the home. And, you know, well, there's indoctrination going on in government schools as well. Uh, it's just the type of indoctrination maybe she agrees with going on in the schools and not the home. But look, I'm not a religious person myself, um, but I understand that people have the First Amendment right to freely exercise their religions, even if people like Elizabeth Bartlett, a Harvard University professor, don't like that fact. And then I will say, I mean, her statistics aren't even really backed by the evidence. She says 90%. You, you go into her paper and go through all the footnotes and finally see where she cited this. It looks like it came from a blog piece. And most of the evidence says the number is much, much lower than 90%, but it doesn't even really matter. Even if it was 90%, who cares if conservatives are homeschooling and if uh, Christians are homeschooling? We have that right as American citizens to freely exercise a religious education. So what does she think about, you know, Baptist schools or Catholic schools or, you know, I mean, it's not just homeschooling she's attacking with that kind of, a, of an insinuation. Yeah, it's, it's completely anti-religious fear-mongering. I mean, if you look at the risks of homeschooling Harvard Magazine article, they included a funny little graphic that took all these outrageous jabs at homeschooling. It showed a little kid locked up in the home as if, you know, kids don't, never go outside to play all, at all if, when they're homeschooling. and shows all the kids in the public schools uh, playing outside as if they're at, at recess all day. It's completely backwards. And the house that the little homeschool kid is locked in is made out of four books. One of the books was the Bible. Oh my goodness. Uh, you know, people are going to read the Bible. Oh, it's, it's so scary. And look, it's just complete anti-religious bigotry going on. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, pushed back against this bigotry and rightly so. What I, I found most of the claims in that article, not to, not to over talk about the article, but, you know, most of the claims kind of shallow, but that uh, you know that the, the teachers have a responsibility to report when kids are you know involved in some kind of abuse at home. Uh, not that they wouldn't be involved in abuse at school in some exactly. way or another. So I just thought it's just it's just amazing to me that it rears this ugly head in the midst of this moment when really what we should be doing is helping families uh, learn how to cope with the current situation. You know, just like for example, Corey. You know, like the, the time we've got left. I mean, let's. You are an expert at this. Let's let's give them some practical advice. Yep. And, and before we move on real quick, I want to just tell the listeners that the policy implication from Elizabeth Bartlett, a Harvard University professor, is to have a presumptive ban on homeschooling to make all families prove to the government why they should be able to have the right to educate their own children at home. That's completely backwards. That's, you know, in the legal system and today, that's the equivalent of being guilty until proven innocent. And that's just completely ridiculous. The government should have to prove to us why we should not be able to educate their own our, our own children at home. So I just want to start with that. But some for some practical advice, you know, um, really just 
you got this, you know, um, uh, don't try to recreate what's going, what was going on in the schools. Uh, if you're really trying to do homeschooling, I mean, the whole point of homeschooling is to break away from that structure. So don't stress so much about it. But then also, there's tons of resources available at your fingertips. You can go to learneverywhere.org. It's a group of, I think, over ten or thirteen thousand families who are experiencing this right now, who are helping each other and sharing online resources. Again, it's learneverywhere.org, or on Facebook, you can find it if you just if you just type into the search bar, learn everywhere. And so that's a very helpful resource. And then also there's tons of other online resources available like Khan Academy and YouTube to help your students, um, you know, learn whatever they want to learn. And really, again, I think you should not try to recreate what's, what was going on in the structured school system and instead let your student and, you know, provide some guidance, but let the student uh, learn and build on what they want to learn. Let them enjoy this time uh, and, and and experience what home education could actually look like. You know, what I, what I think is happening, Corey, is that parents that may not have been engaged with their kids' education are actually engaged in ways, you know, I know that it may be an unpleasant experience because I heard, heard a parent say the other day that the way my first and second grader is learning math is different than the way that I learned math. So they're they're actually having to to learn some new approaches. But man, that can't help but help you know the the family unit. I can't help but help you know you know parents understand and have a deeper appreciation for the educational process. Hey Corey, we're running out of time, man. I I I you know, I wish we had more time. But this has been a really fruitful conversation. Um, I'll, I'll have you back again. It would be interesting in a few weeks and months as this progresses to really watch what changes in the educational system, to see what happens with, with school choice and as, especially homeschooling as we go forward. And I really appreciate you taking the time to join us and share your thoughts with our, re, with our listeners. Thank you so much, Ricky. It's my pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much. This has been uh, Corey. Uh, did, I, did I pronounce your, your last name correct, correctly? DeAngelis. perfect, like Los okay, Angeles. Good. <laughs> okay, he's a homeschool expert and uh, and school choice expert. And uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say, Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.